Welcome to Launch Chat, where we answer your startup questions every single day. I'm your host, Jay Kerr. And before I get into the episode, remember that we're giving one founder a free ticket, flight, and hotel stay to TechCrunch Disrupt this year in San Francisco. To answer the giveaway and find out more, head over to launchchat.io. And if you're listening to this, we'd really appreciate it if you went to iTunes and gave us a review uh, and also gave us a rating. We really, really appreciate everyone who's done that already. It's definitely helped us get the word out about the podcast and gotten us a lot more questions. And really, we couldn't do the show without you because if we weren't getting people posting questions or sending us questions, obviously, it'd be really difficult to do a show where we answer your questions. So I want to thank everyone for doing that. Now, today's question comes from Jim. Uh, Jim wants to talk about uh, building an MVP in the face of massive competition. And I, I understand where he's coming from because you know a lot of the customers that we have at Launchpeer, uh, they're entering markets that are saturated. I mean, we've built ride-sharing apps and obviously there's Uber and Lyft and a ton of others who are entering that market all the time. Uh, even Launchpeer, when I started the company three to four years ago, I mean, when I told my friends, yeah, we're going to start a development company, they were all like, yeah, there's like a thousand development companies, bro. Like, are you sure you want to start a development company? <laughs> um, and they were right to, to a certain extent, but I think what we're going to talk about today really will explain the reason why I thought it was still a good idea to do it. And obviously we're still here today. So it was definitely a good idea to do it. And I think what we're going to walk through will definitely help Jim and any other founder who's kind of worried about building and launching an MVP, uh, despite the fact that you have a lot of competition out there whose products are probably bigger and maybe arguably better than what your product is. Hi, this is Jim from Westland, Oregon. I am the founder and CEO of a startup in the real estate technology industry. I have a question about MVPs. The industry already has lots of companies and products out there that do similar things to mine, but mine is a conglomeration of many of the features into one cohesive whole. So I'm wondering how important is it to develop an MVP that just indeed is minimally viable because lots of other websites already do that kind of thing and they already have proven market fit and traction and customers and revenue etc so wouldn't it be better for me to do a maximally awesome product that has all of those features and the uh, other consolidation features that I have planned obviously the cost is more to do that but I'm wondering what your thoughts are on it thanks hey Jim so thanks for the question uh, I again I really understand where you're coming from with this. It's really difficult. And I think yesterday we had Matt's question where we were talking about um, how do you determine what should be in your MVP and then force yourself from adding on to that MVP. And I think this is one of the reasons why a founder would have the really like internal sensation to want to add on to your MVP because you see competitors out there who are building tons of new features, who have product development teams of you know, 50, 100, 150 people who are constantly innovating on the product they have. And so it can really seem daunting to launch a product into the market that has one-tenth of the features that your competitors have. Now, to answer your question simply, yes, you should still build and launch just your MVP, okay? And I want you to find what makes your product unique, like I know there's something about it or else you wouldn't be doing it. Uh, when I started Launchpeer, uh, there's a lot of other development agencies. Even here in my hometown, there was a lot of development companies, uh, let alone all throughout the United States and all around the world. There's tons of development companies everywhere. And you know, 
somebody would question like, well, why are you starting another development agency? There's so many around, you know, all of them are different. They all have their own like ways of doing things. Like what is going to make your company special? And I really had to spend a lot of time in the beginning figuring that out. And when I started Launchpad had the idea for it, my thought was, well, we're just going to do development and design for startups. That's what's going to make us different. The problem was that really didn't make us a whole lot different. Just saying that you're different doesn't really make you different. It took about a year and a half, two years of saying that we were different and we only worked with startups, but not having any processes or services or anything like that in place to that actually cater to those startups. It took me a long time of getting customer feedback to find out what they really wanted. And then I built what the MVP really should have been for Launchpeer, which was a development and design studio for startups, which is what we are today. And once I figured that out, we went from a handful of employees to like 20, 25 employees really, really quickly within you know a few months. And so for Jim, like I think that is the same thing for you. Like you need to find out what is it that makes your specific product unique and then focus on that. Like make sure that that is called out everywhere within your application. That's the easiest part of your application to use, uh, that when somebody goes to your landing page, or your website, they know exactly what makes you special. Um, and it's not something that they don't see. Like it's not just some algorithm on the back end. Like you want to make sure that you call that out and call it out in terms of the solution that you're providing them. Not just like, Oh, our algorithm does X, Y, and Z, or our product does X, Y, and Z. Like, no, it should be my, if you use this product, it will make you five times more money. Or if you use this project, it'll save you 20 plus hours a week or whatever it is. Like you need to call out that one specific thing that makes your product better than another person's product. Okay. Um, another point is that an MVP doesn't just have to be your product. I think a lot of founders look at, uh, their startup as their product and just their products. And that's not true. Your, your product, your startup is also your marketing, your messaging, your branding, and you can use that to capitalize on a market when other people aren't doing. And in a minute, I'm going to talk about a couple examples to help explain this. Cause I know it's kind of like a little vague right now, but when you're looking at, you know, Hey, I want to build an MVP. You're not just building an MVP on the product development side. You're also building an MVP on your marketing approach side too. Um, a lot of times what you'll see when there's, uh, these big companies like for right now, I'll just use Uber as an example, even though I wasn't planning on using them, but Uber had a big portion of the market for the ride sharing piece. Why did, why was Lyft able to come in and do anything? Like they should have just been stamped out by Uber really early on. Well, the products did relatively similar things. You could have got a ride, you could have done all these things, but what made Lyft unique was the way that they messaged their application, the way they did marketing, like the demographic they were going after, the locations they targeted. That's also part of their MVP. So don't think of your product that you're building as, oh, this product right here, like this app or this piece of software or this algorithm is my MVP. No, your entire startup is part of your MVP package from the logo you design to the marketing tactics you're going to employ, uh, to the places that you're going to launch at, like all of that, it's all encompassing. So it's not just your product. Uh, it's your entire startup. Okay. Um, so now I'm going to go into two examples to kind of explain this. So the first example is one to explain more of the product MVP approach and how I said that you should like focus on what makes your application unique. So the first example I'm going to use is Basecamp. If you haven't heard of Basecamp, it's basically a project management tool. And 
I'm sure you know, there's like a thousand project management tools out there. Like literally thousands of project management tools. If you do a search on Google right now, you'll have endless pages of results of different project management tools that you can use. Um, and really when I use Basecamp, it's not all that special. I mean, it, the design is a little different. Uh, the way things are laid out is a little different but they definitely don't have more features than some of the other project management tools. Uh, they don't allow you to do nearly as many things. They don't have nearly as many integrations. They really don't have like a lot of stuff that you would consider like, Oh, well, yeah, this tool is definitely different than the other tools. The one thing that they did do though, when they were really early on was they built a super simple MVP, like bare bones, like this is what you can do. You can, I mean, I, I don't want to use a negative term to describe Basecamp because I love the company and everything that they stand for and do. But like when Basecamp started, it was like, you know, instead of organizing all your stuff, it was like, okay, here's a project. You enter the project in their app and then you can just throw up all of your stuff in Basecamp. <laughs> it was like very little organization involved. Um, it was just like, Hey, get all of your stuff out from anywhere that you're going and just post it in here. And it was really simple. Well, how was that different than any other project management tool? Well, the only thing that made it different was that it was way simpler. I mean, it was just literally, here's the project, go in there, throw everything that you have into this project folder. Everyone can view it and comment on it and that's it. Well, the other project management tools had a lot more features than that. Scheduling, time tracking, like all of this other stuff that you would think a project management tool had to have, but they didn't have to have it. They launched without all those things. And they did like ridiculously well because they sold to their customers on the fact that they were really stupid simple and they still sell on that. Like they still haven't built in a lot of those other features you think like they still don't have time tracking, which is one of the reasons we don't use it, but their target demographic doesn't need that. And if they do, they'll use a third party tool for it. Um, they don't have like uh, a really good way to do resource planning, or at least they didn't the last time I checked. Um, then, which is important for big companies and big teams. Like they don't have a lot of those features that you would assume a project management tool would have, and that would make them competitive in the market, but they sold themselves on, we solve this one problem, which is, are you frustrated with how complicated doing X, Y, or Z is? And, and in their case, it was project management. If the answer is yes, which a lot of people in their demographic would say yes, then use Basecamp. And so they sold themselves on the simplicity of their solution. They sold themselves on the fact that their MVP was small and that it was easy to use and that it didn't take you know weeks or two weeks to onboard someone to it, that somebody could literally register and never have done project management before and be able to use their app. The second example I want to use is more on the MVP as marketing side. On that example, I want to use ConvertKit. So ConvertKit is an email marketing tool. And email marketing is a really, really saturated space. And there's more people entering that market every single day. Um, so to build a product in the email marketing space, like you have to have a lot of guts. I mean, just like the project management side, like there's new email marketing tools entering the market all the time that have tons of features. There's ones that already exist in the market, like MailChimp, um, like uh, HubSpot and a bunch of others that already have like a lot of these features already built in and have a huge portion of the market already. Well, how did ConvertKit enter the market and be successful? When they enter the market, it's not like they had a ton more features or had like these special things in their product that made them better than any other product. Yeah, they laid things out a little bit differently and all that stuff, but it wasn't like world changing or anything. Uh, their UI wasn't like some stunning masterpiece that people would want to use. 
Well, what they did was they used their marketing as their MVP. So what the founder there did was they decided that, well, we're going to go after one specific target demographic. And what they did was they went after consultants and freelancers, which they thought was a demographic that wasn't being targeted to or spoken to well by the people who were, who they were competing with in the market. And so what they, they did was they only focused on that group and picked marketing tactics that they thought would work for that group and that demographic. And so for them, it was doing, I think it was partner webinars and focusing on content marketing. And that worked ridiculously well, especially the webinar piece worked crazy well for them uh, because their target demographic love talking to, listening to, hearing about influencers. And so by doing partner webinars, they were able to kind of latch themselves on to these people who had really big names in the influencer space um, and in the marketing space in the consultant space and the freelancer space. And so they really leveraged that against their competitors because their competitors just weren't doing that. And so that worked really, really well for them. And they were able to grow their user base. And I think they're doing like, I think it was like 4 million MRR or ARR. I don't really remember, but they, they're pretty open about their numbers. So I'm sure if you did a search on what convert kits uh, numbers are, you could probably find it. Um, but that worked really well for them. And so with both of those examples, Basecamp and ConvertKit, Basecamp used the simplicity of their solution and their MVP to leverage uh, themselves into the market. And ConvertKit looked at their MVP as marketing and decided to that that marketing was really their MVP and where they were going to be able to get leverage. And they used that to get into the market. And they used that to compete with, you know, the other big players in the space and also all the people that are constantly entering the space. And so for Jim, what you need to do is figure out which one of those two things or both that you want to use in order to get your product in the market. But I, I still think the answer is yes. Like build the MVP first uh, only focus on a small subset of features and then decide which way that you think you can get leverage in the market best by focusing on your MVP and the product like Basecamp did or focusing on uh, marketing as your MVP and use that instead. That's it for today's episode. To celebrate the launch of the podcast, we're giving a listener a free ticket to TechCrunch Disrupt, which is this September in San Francisco. To learn more about the giveaway, head over to launchchat.io. And while you're there, you can also post your startup question right on our website. All you have to do is click record, ask your question, and we'll feature you on the show. Remember, if you don't want to miss an episode, head over to iTunes and subscribe. And we'd also love it if you gave us a rating or review. Until next episode, keep grinding. Keep grinding.